Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things, while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. Uh, was that simply the worst Northwest Derby you've ever seen? I think there's been 183 of them now. Or were you celebrating yet another clean sheet and the fact that we weren't beaten by the Reds for a change? So to discuss that and lots more, I've got three guests locked down, safely tucked away and safe and sound, and they are John Stapleton. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, and our old friend Stuart Brodkin. Hi, Stu. Hi there. And finally, Stato Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Hi there, good to be here. Listen, uh, John, kick us off, please. Uh, clean sheet, are you celebrating that, or was it actually a disappointing game, a disappointing result? Where do you sit on this one? Uh, it was, without a shadow of a doubt, the most boring derby game I can ever recall watching. I watched it with a Man United friend of mine, and normally in these circumstances we spend the, the game shouting at each other and arguing. We didn't say a single word, we just looked at each other in blank amazement. It lacked any kind of energy, any kind of sparkle. It was like 22 players had just come out of the pub having sunk 10 pints apiece. I, I don't know what went wrong with them. I mean, it was just utterly dire. I mean, boring beyond belief. That I could not believe I was watching my Manchester City. It was that bad. Stuart, the worst one you've seen as well? Absolutely, and I've seen a few, and I've seen us get tanned a few times as well, but that was awful. Uh, the first, I think it's the first training game to be shown live on Sky, pretty sure. <laughs> but it, well, it was just, there was no, no fans, no passion, nothing, no goals, nothing. I can't remember anything about it, to be honest, or very little. 
Mind if that's normally uh, the case. <laughs> and, 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 no, but it was it was just awful. Stuart, you, you got, have you got a reason for... Uh, sorry, Paul, I was going to say, have you got any thoughts, reasons, suggestions why it was so bad? Well, I think um, Pep was frightened of losing. Um, United are a poor team. And we just went there not to lose the game. Well, once we had the two defensive midfield players, you could see what was potentially going to happen again. We lacked spark, lacked imagination, is what the other two guys have been saying. It was very... It was... Terrible game of football. A neutral would have, I would, if I was a neutral, I would have switched that game off after by half time. Um, it was awful, and I just think we've lost, we lost to Spurs a couple of weeks ago, two 0 We'd lost at Old Trafford last season, two 0 I think Pep thought I just can't afford to lose another game like that. Therefore, I'm going to lock up and not concede, and he succeeded in that. But that's all you can say about it. That's the only positive from the whole game. John, when you, when you look at the season so far, if you look back, I think the first 11 fixtures, and this is something that Stato would bring, maybe he's going to bring it, but I'm going to get in there first before he says it. The first 11 fixtures in the 2018-19 season, City scored 33 goals. 2019-2020, 34 goals. And this season, including the thrashing of Burnley, is only 17 goals. And, yeah, and Paul's so, so 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 just let's talk about that for a second. I mean, we know we know the reasons. We just expand on that and your thoughts about that for me, please. Well, it says it all. And I'll give you another one. I read the other day. I, I think I've got this right. That uh, we have fewer points at this stage than at any stage since Abu Dhabi took over twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, fewer points, fewer goals, uh, no imagination. Um, it's it, it says it all. I mean. Look, look, you know, we are, we're still doing okay. We're still, if we win our game in hand, we're still within three points of the, of, of the leaders. And they keep doing us a favour, don't they, all of them, by drawing or losing. Uh, so nothing's uh, out of contention yet, as far as I'm concerned. But this is, this is as I said earlier, this, this is just not the city I know. Uh, and I'm, well, we can examine, I hope, in the course of the programme, the, the reasons why. Um, I think you're right. I think the analysis is correct that he went out there to play safe. But that is a dramatic. If that's the case, that's a dramatic turn of events, a dramatic change of attitude by by Pep Guardiola, a man who's you know brought to the world the most some of the most entertaining, lively football anyone's ever seen anywhere. Suddenly to start playing a sort of almost a Mourinho game, you know, where, where we're going to grab a point. If that if that was his, if the plan. You know, it's, it's dramatic change. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll say this, you know, credit to United. I never thought those words would pass my lips. But credit to United. They, they defended, Maguire in particular, defended very, very well. In fact, I thought they were slightly the better team in the first half. and We did better in the second half. But overall, uh, you know, as, as we've said, nothing to write home about. So what do we, and quite a good point. You know, what do we remember from that game? Uh, it's, it's, it's a race, well, thankfully, it's a race from my memory. So, so we've got we we kind of know that we know the statistics. What what yeah. what's gone wrong? What what what's changed? Why has Pep? You know, we talked about this kind of playing a different formation for a start with these yeah. two holding midfielders and kind of pretty much only one up front. Really, it's kind of we've gone from a four three three to a four two three one. Really, and what yeah. what what what? Why? What's what's the thinking? What's gone wrong? I think he's become a bit more pragmatic as a man. I think he's turning into Mourinho, but that may not be the case. Um, I think he realises this season is a bit of a uh, transitional season, and he, I don't think he's got the players he really wants at the moment. He needs he needs another striker. We all know that. I think he's sorted out the defence. I think uh, we haven't conceded for, like you say, for six games. We've only conceded 
I think, five goals in open play in 16 games since we lost to Leicester. That's not bad. That's champion, that, you know, title-winning form at the back. Uh, we haven't got David Silva. Uh, we haven't had Aguero. I just think he's playing it a bit safe at the moment, and I'm, I'm not sure, you know, that's the right way, but that's the way he's gone, and I think we have to accept him. He's the best manager around, so... I'm, I'm still with him. I still believe in him. And I think, as, as John says, we're only three points off the top if we win our game in hand. Uh, and that's important, isn't it, Stato, to, yes. to bear that in yes. mind? It's, it's kind of, you know, a lot of people talking about how, you know, City are lacklustre and they're not the force they were and they're not title contenders anymore. I think that's a bit premature, isn't it, when you actually look at the, the facts of that, as, as John rightly says, win our game in hand. We're still within in shouting distance. Oh, most definitely, yes. We're, we're very close. We're, we're three points behind if we win our game in hand again at home. But it's a style of football we're playing that I think is turning City fans off at the moment. We are used to attacking open play. And at the moment, there's no pace. There's lackluster in midfield. He's playing two defensive midfield players in most matches now. Uh, look, we've got West Brom tonight. So the podcast obviously will be recorded on Tuesday. If he plays two defensive midfield players at home to West Brom, I think people will really go, start to get worried. We've got to be out there and attacking and attacking and attacking because we've got to be beating them quite easily. Let's be blunt about it. And here's another bit of statistics for you. Uh, I know you love them. <laughs> Against the top 10 this season, the current top 10, played five, won none, drawn three, lost two. Against the bottom 10, won five, drawn one. That's worrying as well. It means we are really struggling against top 10 sides, and that puts people like West Ham in there, teams like West Ham in there as well, because they're currently in the top 10. Um, but, so why can't we do it? There's something not right in terms of our attacking. Now, you asked the question, what are we doing that, that's led to this? Is Pep looking at this and playing for the Champions League, setting us up so defensively minded, a bit like Atletico Madrid, don't concede goals, you can't lose. I just wonder if he's practising that for later in the tournament. First question. But, but, that, but to answer that question, if I may, is that's completely the opposite to, to the way I thought Pep Guardiola approached football. And it's what John touched on earlier. That's why we're so, we're so excited why we call him the best manager on the planet. He came from the, the position that we all will remember because we're all of an age of the Mercer Allison reign, which was all about, I don't mind if we let in two or three because all, we'll always score four or five. And that was their thinking of how I always saw it. And I believe that's Pep's thinking as well. And it, what I'm trying to understand is what What's changed? And, uh, I don't know. Are there any any other thoughts from anybody as to what else might be considered in terms of what's actually changed here? Well, I, well, I don't I know I because you know the, the injury crisis that we had at the beginning of the season has virtually gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I watch you know the last couple of games actually. I've, I, Kevin De Bruyne is the only one really to emerge with any credit to me. Looking round uh, with a, a look, I, I may be misinterpreting it, but a look on his face that seems to me to say, "What's going on here? You know, where's my support?" Um, and I think David Silver not being there is a factor, certainly. But I mean, we can talk about Phil Ford in more detail later on. Perhaps, but, but you know, that too, I think, is, is something we're missing. And I mean, he's, you know, I was watching that game on at the weekend, and I said, you know, okay, get Mars off, because he's having one of his, I'm not going to do anything today, days. Get Mars on, get, get Torres on, which he did. And the next thing I wanted was, was to take away, what, what, you know, one of the 
uh, defensive midfield, Rodri probably, and, and, bring, and bring, bring on Foden and take a bit, a bit of a risk. But he's not in the mood for taking risks, which brings us back to the theme we were pursuing a few moments ago. He doesn't seem in the mood for taking risks. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I watched the, it was going forward, you know, the number of times, uh, Ryan Stone is a brilliant player and a fantastic guy by all accounts. I've never met him in my life or everything I've seen read about the He's a great guy and all that. But, you know, the number of times I see Raheem Sterling get the ball out on the left and instead of going to the byline, cut in and try and beat four men, you know, which he's never going to do for, you know, as long as my bottom points downwards, you know. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's just not on. And you think, you know, what, why do they keep doing this? That's one, one question for you. All right. Okay, well, so, can, can I, can, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, go on, Stuart. I was going to mention Foden. No, I was, just, pick, I was pick, picking pick up, up on... Sure. Yeah, I was picking up on, on John's point about Foden. I mean, Foden, as a local lad, he, must, he would live for a game like that on, on Saturday. That, that's his reason for being a footballer, possibly. Why didn't he give him 20 minutes? Why didn't he play him from the start? He, he was on the touchline, you know, for, for the whole of the second half, I think, trying to... Uh, Persuade, but that's the sort of game that he would revel in. So yeah, it looks I, I a bit you. like, sorry, it looks a I bit agree, like Guardiola's cut his suit according to his quote. He's saying, "I'm not going to concede any goals." This, you're right. That's how Champions League teams win games. Not, not the way we tried against Monaco the other, you know, two, two or three years ago. So, so can six. I pick up on what you said, Stu, in, in terms of Foden, just sort of pursue that for a minute with, with you, Stato. Is, is that right? Is it, is it now? Is, is, have we got to the, the nub of the issue here? So it's about Champions League is what it's all about. Um, he hasn't quite got the team that he wants. Uh, we're going to be set up defensively just not to concede. And Foden just doesn't fit in with that plan because he's, a, he's attacking-minded. Um, but, but he brings an energy, he brings a, a, a youthful exuberance to it. It just changes games. And I think there's lots of City fans asking the question now. Well, you know, it, it was the perfect game for him. Any, any thoughts on maybe why he didn't play him, Sato? I'm really stumped on that one, why he can't play Foden. At the end of the day, every City fan I know wanted Foden to play, as Stuart said a few moments ago, a derby weekend is what Foden would have, as a kid, loved watching, supporting City, and wanted to play in at the weekend. Uh, I'm at a loss. I'm really struggling to understand why he doesn't get picked and has only played predominantly Champions League fixtures. He, again, come back to the West Brom game later this evening, he must play him in that game, surely, in central midfield, because that's where he's best suited to create some opportunities for, because the attack is just getting starved uh, of any movement and creativity. And we had, I think, two chances on Saturday, and that was it, in, the, in a derby game. Outrageous. John, I think you wanted to come in and say something about Foden as well. Yeah, I was, all I was going to say is I don't understand why he qualifies every time for a Champions League game, but not for a Premier League game. I mean, is it, Phil Foden is someone who can, you know, make something jump out of the cake. You know, that little, uh, Sally used to do it from time to time. You know, wow, where did that come from? You know, change a game. He's a match, potential match winner, you know. And particularly, you know, three quarters of the way through that game at the weekend, why the hell he wasn't, he wasn't brought on? I just, I just failed to understand. I mean, you know, Pep's the expert. We're, we're just, uh, you know, foot soldiers in the army. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it completely baffles me. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're not, you know, we're, we're not playing better. You know, we must stress, by the way, and we have, we have made the point, but let's make it again, you know, this is not the end of the world. But, you know, we're a long way off the end of the world. The season's barely, barely started. There's plenty to play for yet. Absolutely. Can I just also 
touch on kind of the, the back end as well. We, we focused on a number of things, and we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but it, we seem to be sort of seeing John Stones re-emerging, and I, and I just want you guys not being on for a couple of weeks, so I just want to kind of your view on, on that. He's been out the side for a long time. We hear about personal issues he's had to deal with, but he's fought his way back. Laporte, they're sat in the stand, you know, which who would, who would have thought, eh? We, we, we'd be talking about Stones and Diaz as our central uh, defensive pairing, not what we were expecting at all. So, so your thoughts and ref- reflections, Stuart, on, on this kind of Laporte versus Stones or Stones and Diaz partnership, whichever, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah, I think Guardiola's always had faith in Stones. Uh, some of the fans lost faith in him. He's made mistakes. He's lost concentration at key times in games, made mistakes that have cost us goals, maybe not games. But but I think Pep's always said you know, that he's a good player, he's a quality player, and I think he is. But like you said, he's had issues off the field. He's been injured a little bit. Uh, I don't think Laporte's out of the picture. I think you know, you've know you got three good centre-backs there and possibly Ake as a, as a fourth. I think all top teams need three or four players in those two positions. And we're no different. I don't think Laporte should be worried about his place in the side. I think he'll be back. You know, we've got a lot of games to play. Uh, Champions League, League Cup, FA Cup, Premier League. They'll all be playing. It's a fluid rotation, I'm sure. I don't think Stones is going to be there for the next 10 games. That's all I can say. He's not a company, you know, where you build a team around him. He's a good player. With Diaz, he looks quite secure but you know Laporte will be back I'm a big okay. fan of both actually both Laporte and, and Stones you, you're a big fan Stato as well oh yeah I'm always a fan of Stones even when he had his poor games he looks a class player when he can play and I hope he does continue with the form that he's clearly showed in these uh, games that he's been given the opportunity so good luck to him Laporte will play a role in the team as well. We need more than two centre-backs. Uh, I hope Laporte um, will get his opportunity as well. And Ake too. So, yeah, I, I think uh, it's good to have four centre-backs competing for the two places. You happy as well, John, just to complete the picture? Yeah, I mean, it's a remarkable story, isn't it? I suppose, that, you know, it's a, a one shaft of life, one light, one bit of good news from, from the weekend. In fact... Last two or three games, I don't think John Stones has put a foot wrong, really, and it's and it's great that he's, you know, it must have been it must have been hard for him to take and suffer sort of the, the indignity of being fourth choice, which he was at one stage, uh, and not even in the squad from time to time. It must have been pretty humiliating for him, and and, and you know, I take my hat off to his resilience for surviving that and coming back and and playing so well. I mean, it's it's a it's a nice problem, obviously, for Pep to have the cutaway shots of. Uh, of Laporte sitting alone in, in the stands, <laughs> you know, he looked pretty miffed. I mean, it may be just an unfortunate moment for him. He looked pretty hacked off uh, not being involved. But, you know, maybe that'll inspire him too. So, yeah, a, a good problem for uh, for Pep to have. And uh, and hats off to John Stones for, uh, for coming back to, in, with such style. Before we move on to other issues of the day, and particularly Europe and, and the game tonight, and as Stato says, we're, we're, we're recording this on, on Tuesday evening before the West Brom game, uh, so we've no idea how that one's going to turn out. Uh, I just want your views on something else that saw, saw a few column inches, which was the kind of the rather friendly nature the game ended in. Lots of hugs, lots of cuddles, lots of chats. <laughs> Uh, compared with maybe, you know, the, the Roy Keane days who used to take people out neck high and, and, and then boast about it in his book of uh, finishing people's careers, the, the nasty Irish bastard. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> but but not, not that I feel strongly about that still. I, I think it's the most hor- horrendous, terrible thing for a professional footballer to do to anybody on a football field. And then to go on and brag about it in your book, I think is just a disgrace. And I, I'm really upset about it still. That having been said, do, do you see this as guys who play international football regularly live in the same city they've done their job and it's absolutely right to have a, a cuddle in the chat or do you think actually we should be a little bit more competitive in these manchester derbies how not that they are manchester derbies because they're not from manchester but that's another issue for another day uh, who wants to who wants to kick off stuart your your, your thoughts on do you, have, do you have a view or you're not that bothered about all these cuddles i have no the game? i have no view whatsoever because as soon as the final whistle went i uh, i switched off all right John Stapleton, you, I bet you've got a view. I, I, I always have a view, you know that. Um, whether it's valid or not, it's another thing. Uh, I, I find it quite refreshing, Nigel, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's, uh, of course they're mates. You know, you know, two Spanish or two, two Portuguese or two Brazilians, they, they, they must know each other, mix socially in, in Manchester, go to each other's houses, so make, you know, their kids play together, etc., etc. They're human beings, you know. And, and come on, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a game, you know. It's not the end of the world if you've lost or drawn. You know, no one's going to go bankrupt. No one's going to, no one's died. I mean, come on, it's a, it's a game of football. So why, why shouldn't they shake hands and pat each other on the back and have a bit of a natter? I mean, Roy, you know, Roy, 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 Roy Keane's a dinosaur. You know, I mean, he's of an age, thankfully, past. You know, and I completely agree with you on your remarks about his, the way he played his, his game and, and bragged about injuring people, in particular one, one of our players. You know, I, no, I mean, sorry, that, that's for yesterday. We're, we're a bit more sophisticated and a bit more grown up about the game now. Nigel, can I just come back? Please, yeah. I, I do believe that if the fans had been in the stands, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, allegedly, I didn't see it, but uh, yeah. I don't think no. I, don't, I don't remember any derby game where the players had gone off and uh, hugged each other and high fived. And I, I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. As, not as far as the fans are concerned, it's the biggest game of the year of the season. Okay. And, and I, I don't, I, I, I disagree, John, that, it, that no one died. I agree, and and it's, it's only a game. But to the fans, it's not only a game; it's it's the game. And I don't think players should be. They can have a drink, you know, later on out of, out of sight of the fans. But in front of those fans who pay good money to see them give a hundred percent, every one of them, no, they're not. They're not hugging each other at the end of the game, in my opinion. Or should? I, I think okay. I think I may have become a wet mess for <laughs> you have <laughs> go, on, go on John you were saying go on I think I may have become a wet metropolitan liberal <laughs> alright you've become, so, you become so, a bit woke yeah. in your what old about, age what about you Stato where do you sit somewhere between the two or do you side with, with John or Stu well it, it's very interesting you know you go back many years and I know that we're going to talk about Mike some of the at some point in the podcast as well but he and George Best were great mates Going back into the 60s and 70s, they, they had a, st- a shop together. Yeah. Um, as you say, the players are quite friendly. Um, probably the fact that they, a couple of players did seem to hug each other after the match just summed up the match. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, well, that was a nice uh, walk about in the park, wasn't it? We, we kicked the ball. We didn't kick the proverbial shit out of each other. We just uh, lumbered around for 90 minutes, didn't entertain anybody because there was nobody entertained. And the TV audience can't uh, give us a rollicking. So, yeah, we'll just give each other a hug and that's it. And then we'll go for a drink and a whatever and meet up uh, later on. So I, I think there's an element that had the fans been in the ground, it wouldn't have been quite the same. All right. Let, let's talk about Mike Somerby then and there's, there's, before we go to our break, because there's a reason you mention him. 
City fans might know that he was born on the 15th of December 1942, so he's 78 years old today. So many happy returns, Mike, from the Man City show. And uh, I'm going to leave John Stable to the end because I know he's, he's mates with us at Somerby and I'm sure he's got lots of personal stories to share. I suppose just any personal reflections on your favourite Mike Somerby moment or maybe you've met him, I don't know, uh, uh, Stuart. You, you ever met the man in the past or Hi. any favourite moments from you? I met him when I've had uh, hospitality a couple of times. He's a great host, but he was a great player. I mean, he, he, you know, he was a fantastic player. Uh, I remember watching it. I don't know how old I have to be to have seen him play, but he was a, a fantastic guy when we bought him. Was it Swin- he from Swindon? Was he? Swin- I think? It was. I think it was Swindon Town. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. From, yeah. Was. And we bought we bought his son as well. He wasn't quite as good, but there you go. Not quite, <laughs> so he was, he was a fantastic player. He, he was in a, an era when we played some decent football as well. Probably the best team, you know, up till the last decade. Yeah, sure. uh, fantastic player. That's all I can say. Stato, your your reflections on Mr. Somerville? Uh, it's interesting. I was thinking about this well, since we said we'd have a quick chat about Mike Somerville, buzzer. And there was one memory I've got of him, and it's actually ironic in some ways. That it was probably one of the best derby games of all time, going back to the 1971 three all at Main Road, and for those of you, uh, us that remember that game, we we battered them. I just remember we absolutely battered them, only drew three all. And in the last minute, we were 3-2 down. Some of it had a shot from the edge of the area, which Stepney managed to push around the post. Great save. The corner came in. Stepney then fumbled it, and, and some of it was there to prod it home for a 3 old draw. Great game. And some of the, he always had a smile on his face when he scored against United. And he was a great footballer, loved him going down the wing, and he also played centre-forward sometimes as well. Great footballer. Brilliant. Oh, can right, I just get in? Didn't he score a, uh, from a free, an indirect free kick against United at Old Trafford? What he did, it was the, he, they took <laughs> it, an indirect free kick. Stepney saved it. Had he yeah. let it go in the League Cup semi-final 1969-70, had he let there. it go in, it would have been a goal kick. I was there as well. Had he let yeah. it go in, it would have been a goal kick. Stepney saved right. it, fumbled it, and, and some of it scored to make it 2 all, and we won 4-3 on aggregate. To go to the Correct. finals where we beat West Brom. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah. John Stapleton, can you try and keep it clean? Can you share with the stories <laughs> you're allowed? I'll do my best. I'll do my best to avoid a rip, yes. Um, no, I mean, during the 60s, he was my favourite favorite player in the, in the, in the Mercer Allison team by far. So, you can imagine my delight when a mate of mine, who he'd flog some shirts to, he used to flog shirts <laughs> on, on the side, a mate of mine, he'd flog some shirts to, he said, you ought to go and see John Stapleton, he's a city nut. And anyway, he turned up at my house. My mum and dad were there at the time. My dad, who'd been a lifelong city fan himself, thought it was the greatest day of his life. He charmed my mother. He showed me a few pieces of cloth. <laughs> and a few weeks later, he came back with, with the cloth, with a couple of videos, a couple of books, and a very hefty bill. Um, and, and I felt it look like a hook, line, and sinker. And I bought shirts off him for years later. He always used to pop down, always have a cup of tea, come have a bowl of seeds. Come down, my wife used to make him a bowl of soup. He'd have a bowl of soup with us. Great wit, great raconteur. And I have to say, uh, been, a, been a very good mate to me, a very supportive mate to me in my, in my, in my troubles of, uh, of late. He's been really, really good to have around, you know, calling me at home and offering his support. So both him and his wife, Tina, I mean, good, good pals, and I, I feel very privileged to have known them. Listen, I think uh, that's lovely. I think on that note, it's a good good time to take a break. We'll be straight back after this.
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Let's talk Europe. 3-0 against Marseille. Seems a long time ago now. Uh, and really, I suppose there's only one thing to talk about in my mind. Uh, Sergio Aguero comes on. It was written in the stars, I think, wasn't it? And it wasn't the <laughs> fact he scored. It was the way he scored it, yeah? The fact... I don't think anybody else in the City team... Just he just knows where to be, and and, and just it was so it was just so Sergio, wasn't it? Stato, wasn't that a that just says everything you need to know about Sergio Aguero? That sort of goal. Of course he does. He right place, right time. Read it, read the situation, and pounced on uh, the goalkeeper's save when he pushed it down. Yeah, uh, that's Sergio Aguero. It's not that he scores all his goals like that though, but he's a natural goal scorer. And that showed in the, in the game against Marseille where. He was on the pitch for, I don't know how many minutes he was, but um, yeah, we, do, we do miss that sort of thing as well. Jesus, I love Jesus, he's a great footballer, but he's not, an, he's not the same type of player as Aguero who will be there and pounce on it like that. Um, so, yeah, we, we do miss that. And I think if he's fit for, uh, gets fit and can play some of these games over the next few weeks, it will help in our challenge to get back up right to the top of the, game, to the table. So, yeah. Absolutely. Any other reflections from from the game, particularly John? Uh, much the same thing. I mean, when he scored that goal, I was reminded of Jimmy Greaves. I mean, same sort of technique. The classic goal <laughs> poster, isn't he? You know, you're absolutely spot on. Right, knows exactly where to be, or has an uncanny second nature that takes him there. I don't know what it is. Or, or always there. I mean, it was a tapping at the end of the day, wasn't it? But he was there. That's that's mm-hmm. that's that's what mm-hmm. counts. And he is so often there. Hence his re- remarkable record. He's, he's a great player. I, I do feel a little bit sorry for Jesus or Jesus, whichever he, he prefers, because he, 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 he works damned hard. And, you know, and he, he didn't have a, I think he had, did he have a shot on goal in, in the Derby game? I don't think he did, you know. But, um, you know, no. he's he not, not getting the service. And, and that's one of the reasons he lives so much in the shadow of Aguero. Uh, yes, of Aguero. Listen, let, let, let's look forward also then to, to, to the, the next round. And, and I suppose... Uh, we all know now Borussia Mönchengladbach of course is who we've got in the last 16 uh, probably as good a draw as we could get so a, a force maybe in the past but they're not one of the top teams now are these two are they reasonably happy with that as a draw aren't you I think yeah the best the best draw we could have had which followed on from the worst draw I've ever seen but yeah um, we, we slaughtered them when we played them at uh, the Etihad uh, was it in 2020 I can't remember what year it was uh, the last time he played the game, the game was called off. I think the first on the the actual oh, night because oh, yeah. it was waterlogged. We played yeah. them the next night. I think they beat them six one, and we were just way too good for them. They're I think they're eighth in the Bundesliga at the moment. Mm. Uh, they're not a great side. They are one of the three worst teams left in the Champions League according to the betting. Uh, 
they did get a point against Madrid, I think Real Madrid, and they got a point in the, against Inter. But we should we should sweep them aside. There you go. Sweep them aside, Stato. We're in the we're in the quarters already. We are. Well, I, I agree. We, we should be beating a team by like Borussia Mönchengladbach. They are probably the best team we could have drawn in terms of the lowest ranked team. That I, when I looked at the uh, potential opposition, the seven teams we could play, they were the ones yeah. I wanted. So when they came out of the hat first, I was hoping that City would come out next. And yeah, so no excuses. Got to, got to beat them. Simple as that. John, any thoughts ahead of that game over the guys who covered it? I think, haven't they? It's uh, a, a good call. Yeah, no, well, as I, I would just remind you that in my, in my last appearance on your on your coveted show, I forecast that City would win the Champions League, and I stand by that prediction. And I think this, this uh, strengthens that uh, that forecast. And the only thing, word of caution, I would say Lyon. Well, absolutely. Good, good, good point. Well made. Absolutely. Listen, b- before we talk uh, uh, about the upcoming games, one of which, by the time you hear this, you'll know the result anyway, but we don't. So bear with us. We're going to talk about West Brom uh, playing them later tonight. And then, of course, at the weekend, uh, we've got Southampton away, another three o'clock Saturday afternoon kickoff. Before we do that, I just want to mention one other thing. A, a very popular guy around the club um, is a fellow called Pete Berry. Um, you might know him better as Pete the Badge, um, a fantastic character. If you get the chance to talk to him, he's always very happy to have his photo taken with you. Um, you might know him with his blue tracksuit and his badges and his in his lunchbox that he carries everywhere. Um, he lives in sheltered accommodation. And a good friend of the show, Mark McCarthy, who you might also know as the guy who's got uh, the biggest collection of Man City matchday worn shirts, um, is got a bit of a campaign going to... Uh, to get as many Christmas cards as you can for Pete. I think it's a lovely idea. As I say, he lives in sheltered accommodation. Um, he's been a bit stuck during lockdown, missing his football. So I think it'd be really nice if we could join that campaign. Um, so if anybody out there uh, would like to send Pete a Christmas card, you can get us through Twitter, um, at City Podcast. Just send us a message, um, and I'll, uh, I'll send you a, a direct message with the address uh, where to send it to. Uh, but really good to, to cheer up Pete, a fantastic character. Um, and a really nice bloke and uh, I enjoy I think John you and I see him on the train occasionally don't we when we travel to matches really? and uh, he's, he's a really nice fellow so so yeah so yeah. Pete the Badge great to get a few Christmas cards to him uh, contact us through Twitter at City Podcast and I'll provide you with the address in which to send the Christmas card brilliant okay let's talk about the game tonight that everybody already knows the result um, so we seem <laughs> to do some predictions on that so this will be a bit of a laugh um, but uh, a game we should be winning, I guess, and uh, you all want Foden to start. So apart from Foden starting and wanting a win, what else do you want to say then about it, Stato? <laughs> I'd like to see um, not two defensive midfield players, as I've said. So you play one of uh, Gundogan or Rodri or Fernandinho. Play Foden, please play Foden. Give him a game. Uh, let's attack them, not sit back. I don't care if we can see the goal. Because I'm uh, the hope that we'll score if we play proper football. Be a bit more pacey. We've got to win this game. We've got to score at least a two-goal margin minimum because we want to be comfortable in that last uh, 20 minutes, not hanging on to a one-goal lead, which we know can sometimes be worrisome. So I'll go um, 3-1 tonight. All right. John, John, you look at this fixture, don't you, and, and, and look at the two sides and look at the quality that we've got and, and everything else. This has got to be a, tea, a, a game that City have to go on and win and get a bit of a momentum, surely. Uh, we're going to win it convincingly, in my view, in view of the, the events of the last uh, weekend. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, 4 or 5 nil. to be quite honest with you, uh, you know, because the fans need it. 
I think the team needs it as well. And Pep, I was reading uh, earlier today that Pep's had a chat with the players. They they think they know what's going wrong up front in the final third. Let's hope they, they do really know, and let's hope we take advantage of that, because the game after this is not easy. And finally, so we've still got 3-1, 4 or 5 nil. What are you going, Stu? 3-0. You're going 3-0 this, as well. This, right. defense, this defense does not concede the goals. All right, good. Okay. And let, let's before we disappear, let's quickly look forward to Southampton at the weekend as well. Um, three o'clock kickoff. John, do you want do you want to kick off with this one? Your thoughts and reflections ahead of uh, Southampton? Well, they're doing well, aren't they? They're a, they're a good team. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen them on the telly quite quite a bit, and uh, you know, we'll do do well to get anything there. Frankly, I mean, they're, they're, they're one stage of the game, albeit briefly, they were, they were top of the league, weren't they? And they're not. I can't remember where they are now, but they're certainly up there with the with the best of them. Uh, and uh, they've got some exciting players and, and a, a manager to be quite honest I've never even heard of until he arrived at Southampton but he's, uh, he knows his stuff that's for sure and it, you know, after the humiliation of that what was it 7-0 defeat I can't remember the 9 9 oh, right. yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the end of poor Mr Gunn wasn't it poor lad in goal yeah um, yeah, or oh, not necessarily at the end of the but I don't think he played much after that. Yeah, they've you know they've turned themselves around and they're they're a strong team. So we'll yeah they'll they'll give City a run for the money. There's no doubt about that. Stato. Yeah, they're clearly a decent team. But if Stratford can go there and beat them three two, then surely we can go there and beat them as well. Uh, we've got to if again we've got to win. We I know Southampton's a decent team, but if Pep goes there just for a draw because. Uh, better than us in inverted commas and being higher on the table, I'll be disappointed. So, yeah, we've got to go there and we've got to win that one as well. OK, Stu, any final words before we go from you, my friend? Dangerous team. They're, in, they're fourth. They're in the Champions League place. We should beat them. Fantastic. Listen, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks to my three guests, to John Stapleton, to Paul Denby and to Stuart Bodkin. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.